it's interesting because we're about to dive into a uh, a method used by athletes to help recover and increase performance. So maybe we start using this method to increase our performance at the in the yard work and or grocery shopping. You can't see, but I have a skeptical eyebrow raise mm-hmm. happening right now. So let's jump into the main topic of this week's podcast, and it's tourniquets. What? Yes, that's right. It is actually about tourniquets. It's about blood stroke. One more time, blood flow restriction. I guess they're calling it methods, or what do they call it? They call it blood flow restriction. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, so. Athletes, especially a couple or uh, including some that are participating in the Olympics, are using this blood flow restriction method in order to enhance recovery and performance. So apparently this was an article from New York Times. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Uh, we have a very timely episode today. Uh, you guys know at this time the Olympics in Tokyo have started and are underway uh, as we're recording this episode. Um, so we're going to talk about a interesting fitness trend that's uh, being used by Olympians participating in the game right now. I'd call it an eyebrow-raising mm-hmm. fitness trend. It's new, but it's actually old. How about that? Vertice. Okay, before we jump in and tell you more about that trend, we want to thank you guys for listening this week and every week and also turning a friend on to this podcast. We see that you're doing that. Keep it up. Keep the ratings and reviews coming and keep sharing the podcast like you already are. That is very helpful to us to help us spread the word of yes. fitness. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Let's go into training recaps. Maybe we do vacation slash or travel slash training recap since we actually missed last week. That was probably our, probably our first week without a podcast since, um, it's probably our first Monday without a podcast since Irma came through. Uh, oh, wow. That was, years ago. that was pre Ella. Mm hmm. That's, yep. that's dedication there, folks. Yep. So that was the first, and I actually got one in that week, just not on Monday. Um, but, uh, yeah. So so sorry for missing you guys this week, but let's recap it. Well, i let you know what we did in the last couple weeks. Yeah. You want to go first? So are we recapping the last two weeks of training? Sure. Or are we just... Yeah, let's do that. I don't really remember what I did. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's Prior recap travel and then this week of training. How about that? Yeah, so we went on a plane mm-hmm. to visit your family. Right. Which was, I think I was, I know we've talked about in previous episodes, um, my personal nerves with flying and traveling. Uh, and this was a big step. But it was actually things went pretty smooth for us. Now, Agree. I know that's not everybody because I know people are still having flights canceled yes. and moved around and that's causing a lot of stress. Um, we had direct flights. Thankfully, they did not get moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the most part, 
I think, you know, we didn't run into too many issues, um, just usual travel, travel stuff. And yes. we, we decided to not rely on anybody really to bring us to the, and from the airport right. here. So we covered our bases there. We had your family on the other side to take care of us. Um, so we tried to minimize like external parties kind of wherever we could. Mm -hmm. And I think that worked. Yeah. And uh, once we got up there, um, I mean, I feel like we barely stopped moving the whole right. time we were there. Yep. Not it wasn't a lie. vacation worth of a visit. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't restful, right. but yeah. it was really, really good to see everybody. Yes. Ella got Agreed. to spend some time with her cousin. Yes. Who... Um, has grown up so much in the last couple of years since we last saw her. And they're now like able to hang. Yes. They can literally hang now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they so, were good. They played well together. I was yeah. happy to see that. Didn't get any workouts in because we no. were just too busy. Yeah, honestly, yeah. We didn't have a lot of uh, downtime, as you already said. We did some walking around the farm. We did, uh, I know I was able to do some stretching that kind of was yeah, helpful. Yeah, I did some of that too. Um, especially, you know, being in the car and then being on the plane. So stretching was definitely a necessity, uh, being that we didn't have the best sleep sleeping situation. But yeah, you know, air mattresses. Yeah, so, they're great in a pinch, mm -hmm. but they're not the Several most nights. comfortable things. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun either way. So then we came back and built in a, basically a half day of recovery. Mm -hmm. And you built in a, a day off afterwards, too. To do all the stuff at home that I knew somebody had to take care of. Yeah. Right. Like so, the grocery shopping and the mm -hmm. cleaning and the picking up of the pets and all that fun stuff. And did you pick up, picking up, picking up, did you pick up a backup with training? I did. All right. So what'd you do? I was, I was very, very excited to get back. Um, I had this crazy rash on the back of my legs leading into our vacation that also, like, it was like my legs were on fire. Mm. Um, I had, like, an allergic reaction to some fabric, which is really unfortunate. I'm still trying to figure it out. But um, that rash made it really, really uncomfortable to work out. So by the time I got home, that was when I felt like that actually started to heal. And I was able to pick up with, I did um, a couple two or three rides on the Peloton. I did like a HIIT workout. Mm -hmm. um, I did a little bit of yoga, but I was keeping it not like crazy intense, but just probably I would say just above like, you know, moderate, moderate intensity. Mm -hmm. And I went back to the booty boot camp yeah, you did. at Nick's gym mm -hmm. this weekend and uh, that felt good, and I was really happy because for the first time since starting with the Booty Boot Camp, I noticed, like, significant gains. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was able to put, like, much heavier weights on um, some of the things like the hip thruster. Yeah. Which maybe I was just a little overly cautious before, but uh, it just felt good to kind of you know, throw in there. And I wasn't crippled after. Good. I didn't have a freaking out hamstring later afterwards either, which was great. That's good. I so, like, the, I like my, that. My butt's not broken. Good. Glad to hear it. 
Um, like you said, everybody did really well Saturday's boot camp, so I was very proud of everyone, especially you, like you said. Um, even though, you know, sometimes, you know, not that I, I'm very happy that your hamstring doesn't hurt, but I do enjoy rubbing it. There, I said it, okay? All right, so my training got back from, um, we got back from vacation. Uh, I got a bike in, I got a kettlebell workout in, and I got a bodyweight workout in. So that was fun, um, and that was good. I kind of got all three because I'm just doing, I'm sticking to Monday through Friday and then try to recover on the weekends and then Sundays when I can do jujitsu. That didn't happen this Sunday, but normally it would have happened, so I, I do like that schedule. Um, get back to five days this week, which is great. I did get to get into the sauna this week. It was beneficial. Um, I'm happy about that. Um, like I said, we are investigating uh, adding Shannon to see what how much it costs for Shannon to get on my plan so she can enjoy the sauna benefits also. Um, and I think that was all, you know, cut the grass today in the nice 90-degree heat, which was fun. So that was just a manual labor. I feel labor. like we did, we did between you doing the grass and me having to clean. Yeah. Like deep clean the bathrooms and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And you super did supermarket fun. sweep this morning at I the, did. Uh, at I w- the I went different grocery stores. Yeah. So that was definitely some this looking. Is, this is adulting right yes. here. Right right here, right now, if anybody's wondering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it's interesting because we're about to dive into a, uh, a method used by athletes to help recover and increase performance. So maybe we start using this method to increase our performance at the in the yard work and or grocery shopping. You can't see, but I have a skeptical eyebrow raise mm-hmm. happening right now. So let's jump into the main topic of this week's podcast, and it's tourniquets. What? Yes, that's right. It is actually about tourniquets. It's about blood stroke. One more time, blood flow restriction. I guess they're calling it methods, or what do they call it? They call it blood flow restriction. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, so. Athletes, especially a couple or uh, including some that are participating in the Olympics, are using this blood flow restriction method in order to enhance recovery and performance. So apparently this was an article from New York Times, um, not New York Times, right? Yes, New York Times from July 21st, correct? And the article is type hot a hot fitness trend among Olympians, blood flow restriction. So I uh, delved into this article a little bit more, talked about one of the swimmers in the Olympics and a marathoner in the Olympics who's using it. And the, the swimmer actually has a, uh, a business relationship with one of these companies. But it's actually something that was developed, I think, back in the 60s by a Japanese um, powerlifter named Yoshiaki Sato. Yes. And Apologies for if we're crucifying uh, that. I think it was pretty good. Yoshiaki Sato. I think it's pretty good, right? It looks close. Uh, I'm just saying, I pol- we're yeah. apologizing if we're, you know, we're not really great at well, speaking feel, feel, Japanese. Feel free to leave us a review uh, and correct my pronunciation <laughs> um, with a five-star rating. Anywho, uh, so Sato, who developed this in 1966, apparently discovered it um, when he was at a Buddhist ceremony where he was sitting in the, they used to say that, I used to say this at the gym, or they used to say this at the gym, and the senza position basically is when you sit on top of your legs, but you're, basically your butt is on your heels. Yeah, you probably, you've probably seen it in like, um, 
Martial arts movies, martial arts yeah, movies, a yeah. lot of karate movies where people are resting. Looks they're like sitting they're on their cri- knees. they're still like cross-legged, but they're yes. like sitting on their karate too. Karate Kid too. When they're doing Feet. the tea ceremony, that's a reference for everybody listening because everybody knows that reference. Anywho, um, so yes, <laughs> um, so basically he was sitting on his legs, where basically all the pressure, all the weight is on top of his calves and feet. And he said he sat like there for 45 minutes and he said he had to finally move because the pain was so excruciating. And when he stood up, he felt like the massive amount of blood flow going back into his calves and his ankles and his feet. And he said it felt like he had just done like a big calf workout. So he started experimenting with bands. He said he used karate belts. He used other types of straps in order to apparently restrict blood flow to a certain area while he's performing exercises on it and he said then he would just take pressure on and off he would regulate the pressure in order to restrict the blood and then basically increase blood flow and decrease it at certain times to essentially manipulate the 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 muscle recovery or basically growth so apparently there's a couple this article referenced a couple studies including uh, one that's being done at the University of South Carolina right now to see if the, the efficacy of this approach, and apparently there was one done in 2000, said that you know blood flow restriction can increase muscle growth or and or performance in athletes. So this is not something that's, I, I guess it's probably newer now because it's being brought to the forefront by the Olympians, yeah. but it's something that's been used since the 60s by this this individual and um, there's another uh, American um, doctor and or exercise uh, uh, exercise scientist who uh, his name is Dr. Jim Stray Gunderson who actually was a kind of a, a disciple of Sato's in using the method. He actually just you know created his own company with the same type of application, the same same type of equipment. Um, so it's it, it's something that's actually seems to have some carry some weight with it because if you google uh like blood restriction blood flow restriction tools or something amazon has a full thing of them a full basically list of them and it's a lot of people lifting weights basically like they tied off their bicep and they're they're lifting weights and then they they basically decrease or increase the flow back to recover to basically manipulate how their the, the training is affecting their muscle group okay so this is just i mean i'm i'm trying to wrap my head around this right. at the same time y'all are hearing this and mm-hmm. going what um so like cryotherapy mm-hmm. this is a therapy that's supposed to improve like your overall health endurance all right that, right mm-hmm. that's recovery yep a lot of that isn't that about like how essentially your system pulls like slows down blood flow to your limbs right. and really tries to keep it within your core to protect mm-hmm. your vital organs mm-hmm. right right same thing with you know people swimming in cold water and everything right. so is this similar to that in a sense in the sense that you know you're you're pulling back i mean you're you're putting yourself in freezing temperatures right to restrict, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm guessing that somebody's not going to wrap a tourniquet around their waist or their chest to yeah, try to seems, like, like, or their throat. Yeah, it sounds like know? it's all extremities. It You're sounds right. like it's limbs, right? Yeah. So is yep. it, is it along the same lines of that? Because I can sort of get that, 
but otherwise this seems I don't know. No, like it's not like it's not clicking for me as like, yes, I would like to try this. Right. No, I think I think you're right. I mean it's a, it's similar. I think the only difference is that with this application with the straps you can actually like perform localized. work. Well, yes, but you can also perform the work. You know, cryotherapy, especially depending on what time you use, I mean, it's short duration, yeah. and you can't really perform work while you're doing the cryotherapy. No. It's very, you know, so this one, you can actually perform, they perform the, whether it's, you know, weightlifting, whether it's swimming, whether it's running, they can perform the action, and they say it basically multiplies the beneficial effect. So they say they can get as much, there's a quote in this article talking about how they can get basically as much benefit as they would doing, say for the swimmer, 10,000 laps in only 1,000 laps. So cutting the blood flow would cut the oxygen flowing to your cells, right? It seems that way, right? Mm -hmm. So... In all like the things I feel like I've read, that's not good. Well, in the terms thing, of like, well, I think what health. it is is that it has to be regulated. Like I say, I don't know if he like for the the swimmer, the Olympic swimmer, uh, Andrew. Let me see what his name is. Andrew. Uh, of course, they just say Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. Wait for He's it. at the top. His name is. Where is it? There it is. Right? Nope. There's no Andrew. Michael Andrew. Jeez, two first names. How dare you? <laughs> Michael Andrew. He basically he was talking about he would use it for 25 meter sprints. He would tighten it, sprint 25 meters, untighten it, and then break, and then do the same process over and over again, where he would basically try to get his muscles to the point where he could get the same speed with the tourniquet off that he could with the tourniquet on. So kind of depriving the cells of those resources that in your blood, like oxygen. Right. So like, I mean, pushing yourself, expending the energy, then releasing the tension in order to let the blood flow go back to the muscles to help with recovery with ideally could help help them grow exponentially what they think. And that's what they believe. And they said some scientists is backing or some, you know, research is backing that up right now. Hmm. I don't think it's long i don't think it's long durations i know they were talking about um he sometimes wears the marathon or wears similar straps while training so like i said it could be for short durations it could be on certain days but i mean they talk about sato the guy who created this system said you know he broke his ankle um when he was skiing and it was four months recovery and he used the bands and he recovered in a month now that's anecdotal um but I mean, it's like they said, there are certain studies that are being done currently that support this blood restriction training. So, I mean, like I said, I think it's still still being researched, but it seems like there is some backing up. You know, there seems to be some science to back it up. Um, There are also science to back up, like, leeches. Right, but not, not, not something I you're not talking do. about. You're, you're, yeah, <laughs> but you're talking about. There's not clinical studies or anything like that. Um, so I'm trying to find. I mean, but like I said, you can get the benefits of swimming ten thousand yards by swimming maybe a thousand. Um, that's what Stray Gunderson said about this method. I mean, it's um, interesting. I 
I, it will be interesting to see what they find out of this and also if there are any long-term repercussions. Hmm. It's like, um, it, so it's like you said, I think we kind of mentioned this, it's almost like you're, you're depriving your body or a muscle group of the, uh, of the blood in order to make it think that it needs to send blood, you know, almost <laughs> demand, the demand for blood flow back to that area is imminent. Yeah. Or is necessary. So like uh, Andrew says, uh, you are stimulating a sensation of real pain that tricks the body into regrowth. So yeah, so it's, it, I mean, kind of how we said. You, you fake your body about, out because your body puts a lot of right. effort in getting all of those life-giving supplies mm-hmm. that are found in your blood into that area. I mean, I, I, I get that. It just, I don't know. It's one of those that I may think goes a tad far. Mm-hmm. So in some of those research that we were talking about, there was uh, one paper in 2000 published by Sato, who created this, so take that as what you will, and scientists at the Research Institute in Japan. Uh, it said that blood flow restriction prompted an outsized response from the brain to speed up the normal process of repairing and rebuilding damaged tissues. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like you said, it's... It, it, you're basically you're tricking your body into sending more blood and red blood cells to that area to stimulate growth or repair or re- rehabilitate that area, even though it's not really under trauma. Some in certain st- right. circumstances, right, right, right. even people who do have trauma who are rehabilit- rehabilitating from an injury, it can be beneficial to them too to speed up the rehabilitation. Huh. So it's interesting. Like it you said, there's there seems to be some studies, and you know what's funny that. You know, I remember how this is, you know, obviously it's just coming around with the Olympics. Um, The last Olympics, I remember everybody got to see the big, big, like, purple hickeys on people's backs. Yeah, from the cupping. You know, because, you know, every athlete, within whatever within the rules they can do to think they can get an advantage, they're going to do it. You know, so even though, whatever, Olympic committee. All going back in time now, just trying to. Deal yeah, thoughts, apparently. <laughs> yeah. An Olympic, an Olympic committee. I don't know. It's like some of the stuff that's come out, and this is tangent. I question the Olympic yeah, committee. They exactly. find the volleyball team for wearing shorts yeah, for the they, women's yeah, volleyball yeah, team. Uh, like I said, want to punch them in the face. And you know, marijuana I- issues and yeah. things like that, and then um, the the stupid swim cap stuff for oh my gosh, like yeah. women of color who have more than natural you know, hair exactly yeah i'm just like i don't even know how that could be an issue it's not like that's an advantage it's probably a disadvantage anywho yeah. so that's a, that's a whole nother story They're but questionable interesting and apparently i think bodybuilders have been using this for a while because when you google this this basically this blood restriction thing on amazon all you see is bodybuilders with it huh. strapped around biceps in order to work make it work interesting yeah so so, Any bodybuilders out there who have tried this, right? please comment mm-hmm. and let us know. Because in my mind, I'm, I guess now that we've gone through this, I get it. But, like, is it worth it? Like, how hard do you have to train to make it worth it? And if some random person tries to start tourniqueting themselves, it seems kind of risky. Like, right. I don't. I don't know. Like yeah. this, is I, this too extreme? I don't know. Yeah, and you know the 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 
the Sato, his company, I think, believe it's Katsu is how it's pronounced. It, it, I looked at the website real quick. There's some interesting, like, um, basically the tools to use this. It's not just, for them, it wasn't just straps. They actually had, like, this inflatable tubing that you put about the areas you probably pro and it's hooked up to a, a programming a programmable device where you can put in your time and how much pressure you want and things like that so it's a little bit more sophisticated than just having a strap and you know pulling it over a certain area so it seems to be different levels of this so but it's interesting yeah all right you know what else is interesting things that get us pumped up yeah so that's why we're going to go into what's got us pumped yep i'm a consummate gentleman, so I'm going to let you go first. Meaning you need some more time to think of yours? Exactly. <laughs> well, what's got me pumped today, honestly, it was something that started my day off, and it was put a smile on my face. And um, honestly, I, I think it's something that if you have a Peloton, you're going to be able to access this pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, then maybe it's just something to keep an eye on. But I took one of the guided scenic rides. There's only three right now on Peloton, but I took the Oahu one with Matt Wilpers. And granted, Matt Wilpers is one of my favorite mm-hmm. coaches on there. Um, and he is a trainer of athletes. Like he's he's not just, there's a lot of, people in Peloton that are, uh, I would say they're just more kind of general fitness coaches um, or, you know, like they are dancers or something like that. He legitimately is, he like, he trains Ironman athletes and he really focuses on like athletic endurance. Um, He was the one that, one of the two or three people who founded the power training in Peloton, which I love. And it really is all about like calculable, calculable, um, planned, very strategic working out, but it's all to make strategic gains. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, not burn yourself out, but smart training. And I, he's, he's also just like a little ray of sunshine. (laughs) So him guiding you through the beautiful scenery of Oahu. And these are a little bit different, I think, because they actually have him on a bike. Mm -hmm. Like he's doing the workout with you. And then he's also, you can tell there's some parts that are voiced over, but they also have really good soundtracks in the back. You know, like they have playlists. So you've got this great soundtrack for your ride. You've got beautiful scenery and like they'll they'll like pan out to a big like drone, you know, distance kind of shot. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so pretty. Mm. It's amazing. I took that ride and I was just I did that ride, like gave it my all. I got off and I was still smiling. Mm. And I mean, maybe that's not gonna do it for everybody, but if you have a Peloton and you haven't tried one of those rides, one of the three, um, give it a shot. Even if you've never done scenic, maybe you're like, it makes me motion sick or maybe it's, you know, I get that. Um, but this one, because there's not, a, there's not maybe like half of it, it's actually like you on a trail. Mm-hmm. 
the other half is other stuff. So I, uh, I just, I wanted to share that one today because it did like started off my day on such a lovely note. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah like I saw that as an option. So, um, maybe I'll check one of those out myself. Yeah. There's a few, there's two others on there. Mm-hmm. I think I can't remember what they are, but they're all good. They all sounded good. Check it out. So what's got me pumped is that I realize that I can't, don't need an afternoon coffee anymore. Yay. So it's probably been about maybe a month or so that I haven't been drinking any coffee in the afternoon. So I was doing a cup in the morning, or you know, if we're measuring it correctly, two cups in the morning and then two cups in the afternoon. Um, so I would usually drink iced coffee in the afternoon, try to drink it before one o'clock and stuff like that but um it wasn't really doing much for me so yeah. it wasn't like it was keeping me up it wasn't like giving me a pep i don't know if i i feel like it might have been doing the opposite um and then you know the whole thing with you know brushing your teeth afterwards and stuff like that i was you know not that i, I can't brush my teeth i can do that but it was just like an extra thing so yeah. um yeah, I just started just going without it, and it, it's easy because I had to buy it out, you know, out and about, so save the money doing that. Um, and like I said, I haven't had any, been none worse for wear, so I've been I've been enjoying that, making me enjoy my first cup of coffee in the morning even more. Save I would say, it. Mm-hmm. so it's uh it's 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 something that's gonna be pumped that the fact that I can survive without two or a cup of coffee or coffee in the afternoon, I should say. Yeah. So it's awesome. That's it. I guess the no caffeine in the afternoon. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, like I said, I'm proud of it. I'm happy about it. It's like freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can have other beverages. Exactly. Water. All right, <laughs> guys. Uh, if you guys are interested or have been, or have we peaked, If we've piqued your interest in this week's episodes and any things we talked about, the training, the tourniquets, the no caffeine in the afternoon. Or the Peloton, of course. Uh, let us know about it by leaving us a rating or a review. Um, and uh, if you have a topic that you want us to explore in a future episode, yes. you can leave that in your rating review also. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. You got anything else for them? No, I do not. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Focus. What? Focus. Five, four, 